Welcome to St. James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service and the full recording can be found on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. We continue our sermon series based on the Gospel of Matthew. Today the readings are taken from Matthew 3 verses 1 to 12 and Isaiah 2 verses 1 to 5. The talk is by our curate, the Reverend David Wilkie, entitled The One Coming. The first reading is from Matthew 3, chapters 1 to 10, taken from the NIV Bible. John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent! for the kingdom of God has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes now were made from camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem And all Judea came and the whole region of Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. This is the word of the Lord. Isaiah chapter two, one to five. The mountain of the Lord. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they train for war any more. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You know, you could have read Isaiah 11, actually. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I looked it up. Uh, cause I wish my Bible knowledge was better, but um, off the top of my head. And it's very similar. Isaiah 11 says, the wolf will lie with the lamb, the leopard lie down with the goat. It's this vision of there being a different world to look forward to. What I really like, it says here as well, he will not judge what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but the righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. 
So if you feel you've missed out on Isaiah 11, that's it this morning. Um, that's a good one. So I'm Dave. I'm the curate here. I'm just going to do a little rearranging um, to make myself feel more at home. There you go. It's good to speak with you this morning. Uh, it's good to be here. And this morning, I want to talk about John the Baptist. And often we see characters like this, and we just think, well, what, what can I get from this guy? He's wearing a camel hair coat. He eats locusts and wild honey. I'm not really connecting. Or maybe you are. I don't know how you look this morning. Maybe it's similar. Uh, honey for breakfast, and I don't know what state your dressing gown's in. <laughs> um, but often we fail to connect with these people. But I want to ask this morning, who was John the Baptist, and where was he? And as I ask that, I want you to ask yourselves, who are you, and where are you? Now let's start with the where question, because it might be quite obvious. You're here at St. James's Church this morning, yeah? But are you? Ooh. <laughs> no. Um, so John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness. It starts, uh, as he reads in, in, in Matthew, he starts with the prophet Isaiah. He says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. He's in the wilderness, but he's not just in the wilderness. He's beyond the River Jordan. He's actually beyond the promised land. Now, normally when people want to come and speak about Jesus or go into the scriptures, they go to the temple. Or you have these professional orators at the time in the streets of Jerusalem or other big cities who are proclaiming messages, and they're paid to do it. But here we have John in the wilderness, and he's beyond the promised land. He's not at the temple. He's not at church. He's not where he's expected to be. And I wonder this morning if you feel like maybe you're in a bit of a wilderness. Maybe we all, well, often come thinking, as long as I keep up appearances, everyone will think I'm fine. Yeah, but I, know, I don't know about you, but I often feel like I'm in a wilderness myself. There's a lot of illness going around at the moment. As a church, there's a lot of bereavement going around. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sadness. Uh, there's a, winter is upon us now. You notice the change in temperature this week. Heating's having to come on. It's costing people. And there's a real anxiety about what lies ahead in the coming months. I feel like I'm in a wilderness. And often we might think that God and his kingdom will come at church, yeah? We come here expectant, which is good. But that isn't just where God acts. God also, also acts in the wilderness. In fact, I want to say this morning, throughout much of the whole, throughout the whole of the Bible, apart from parts of the Old Testament, that is exactly where God acts, in the wilderness, in the everyday God is not seen as some, just as a holy priest, but he's a worker. As, as early from Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He worked for six days and rested. He's a worker. Jesus spent 30 years of his life as a carpenter and a carpenter's assistant to Joseph. 
before he then did three years of intense ministry. And yet often we look at that example of those three years and think, wow, look at all he's done. Think of also the 30 years and what God might have done through him as a carpenter. And what actually God might do through you if you feel like you're in a wilderness, you're not sure where you're at or what God's actually doing with you. So who are you? Who are you this morning? Now I want to, uh, I've been looking at Ephesians this week. Ephesians 4 really jumped out to me and I wanted to share it with you. And I've lost my place because I was looking at Isaiah. All right, so the start of Ephesians. So Ephesians is a, a very um, diverse city. They worship the Roman uh, gods there. You know, it's a Roman colony. And it starts, Paul starts with this, writing to the, the church in Ephesians. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit. And then he goes on to list different jobs within the church. It's an apostle, prophet, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about who I am and I hit verses like this, I think, right, let's do a personality profile or something like that online. Or, you know, there's actually an online test. We can see if you're a, an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, a teacher. I wonder if you've done that. <laughs> no? Or there's personality tests where you think, you know, who, who am I? What is my calling? Maybe I go to Myers-Briggs or the color test or something. I, I love and hate those kind of tests because they kind of make me feel like I'm boxed in, like I'm being told who I am. But also they can be helpful. Oh, that's why I react in that way, in that person, that way. But who am I? And when I hit verses like this, so am I humble, gentle? It's a bit of a tick box exercise. And then what am I? Am I a prophet, evangelist? Where, how do I fit into God's kingdom? But Tom Wright here says in the commentary, it says that Paul is not referring to specific callings or vocation that different Christians have. This one to be a teacher, that one to run a small business, a nurse. He is referring to even more basic calling of the gospel itself, summoning people to believe in Jesus as the risen Lord and King and to give him complete and undivided allegiance for the rest of their lives. See, the danger when we think about calling or who I am in God's eyes is we start just thinking about me. The focus is me. What is my calling? What are my gifts? so that I might be fulfilled. Rather than what is Jesus' plan, what is your kingdom, God? What is your plan? And we're all called to one and the same thing. We're called to know Christ. There is one body, one spirit. And yet we're in an individualized time in our nation where we think, we're all individuals and we all have specific gifts and specific job roles, and, but yet we're all called to be one body. So a, a question I'd like to ask this morning is whose kingdom have I been trying to build this week? What body have I been building? Or as John the Baptist says, what kind of tree are you?
Jesus redefines vocation. So how you think of work is just as important for your discipleship to Jesus as is attending church on a Sunday. We need to live as a disciple of Jesus when not at church. See, God is in the daily grind. Often we think if we come to church, that's it all sorted. And God will appear on a Sunday morning. But what if we're to think of it differently? What if we're here to be reminded that God will appear at work on a Monday morning? Or if you're retired, what if he will appear uh, the, the person you meet on a Monday morning? Or the, the, thing, the chore you have in mind? We often wonder if we're doing enough, don't we? Am I, am I fruitful? Am I enough, God? Who am I? What am, where am I? Am I doing enough? Martin Luther once wrote that the menial housework of a manservant or maidservant is more acceptable to God than the work of the monks and the priests. The menial housework of manservants and maidservants is more acceptable to God than the work of the monks and the priests. Jesus spent 30 years doing ordinary work. And often we just shrug that aside, don't we? We think, my ordinary work isn't what God has in plan for me. Hey, oh, I, this isn't where God's going to meet me. Nearly all of Jesus' parables are about everyday life. They're not about going to the temple. They're about fishing, tax collecting. On his journeys, he would just talk to people. He'd be out there chatting to people. So Dr. Gerald Sitzer writes that a new category of saint is needed. A secular saint. A secular saint is someone who lives passionately for Christ while serving as a banker, a teacher, construction worker, an artist, a mum, a dad, a volunteer at a food bank, anyone. How are you passionately serving for Christ while just being who you are? John asks us to repent. And he, well, he asks the Pharisees to repent because I think they had boxed Jesus into the model the religious model of the day. It's all about how we appear at church, how we're doing it, the game of church, and less about the rest of our life. And I think I do have to say sorry about that, to ask God for, yeah, to say sorry. I heard a story uh, this week that uh, really impacted what I wanted to say to you this morning. There's a story um, about a, a lady, and she was a mother of five. So my wife's a mother of four, but so this isn't her. That uh, I connected with it. So this mother of five felt guilty as she took Jesus' teachings on the poor really seriously. She said, if Jesus was here today, surely he would be with the homeless. He would be with the addicted. He would be with those who really need him. And I agree with that on some level. But then how can she, as a mother of five, work at a soup kitchen when she has to feed her own children? How can she go and hang out with street pastors or you know, with the people suffering with addiction 
when she has to make sure her kids are safe and in bed on time and have clothes for the next day. And she was riddled with this guilt of not doing enough. And then one day, it hit her. You see, her own children always need something. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need clothes. I need help going to the toilet. <laughs> Jesus says, when did you see me? When did you see me? When I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I needed help. When you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And she began to recognize the face of Jesus, not in the strangers, who she thought she was meant to be a saint to, but in her own children, in her five little crazy ones. She began to treat them as Jesus would treat the vulnerable in the Gospels. In her common environment, in her workplace, she heard Jesus' voice through her own children. Her vocation was not, to aim, was not to aim for something new. Who am I? Where am I? It's not to travel somewhere new. It's not to be someone different. It's but to ask God to be present in your every day, your Monday to Sunday, in every aspect of your life. So when I heard this story, I was challenged because I'd ask, Mornings, okay, do my head in. I get up before seven, and I've got two kids to get out to school. And it's nearly always the youngest two, an eight-month-old and a three-year-old, that are up first and are being very unhelpful at getting in the way. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get these other two ready for bed, clothes, breakfast. And we're all like, it's just rushing me and my wife. It just feels like one big horrific rush for an hour and a half to get out the door. And we're always late. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to be on time. And I hear stories like this. And it is. I'm feeding them. I'm clothing them. You're, you're doing all this stuff. But my brain is not in a saintly place. It's not asking God, actually, what am I hearing from you this morning through these precious little ones? It's just full of stress and anger and anxiety about being late and, uh, and getting ready and all the work I have to do today. And, all the, and it's all just going around. And so often we're stuck in that place and we don't ask, what is it, God, that you're doing in my wilderness? And to invite him in. Instead of pretending everything's okay and God's going to speak through here on a Sunday morning, is to ask, on, in those, especially in those pressure points of your life, in wherever wilderness you feel you're in, is how is God going to speak to you there? And then to ask the question, who am I in your sight, God? Who am I? Because you are loved and you are made in his image. And you're not made to be someone different. You are who you are. And you are going to be used by God in amazing ways that no one else can. If we look at the story of David, Saul's, the, the next king is going to be anointed by Samuel. Saul was the last king. And then he comes, and there's this row of strapping young men who are all tall and they have it all. And he goes down all of Jesse's sons. And he's like, this isn't right. It's none of these guys. Who else is there? Oh, well, there's that one, the young one out in the field. 
doing the menial task of looking after the sheep. He's working. So we'll bring him in. And he is the one who's anointed. And so often we think we have to be the strapping young whatever, the next big evangelist or you know, the next king. You know, we, have to, we have this image in our mind of a saint that I want to totally abolish this morning. You are who you're made to be and you are where you're made to be at such a time as this, at St. James's Church. And I invite you to ask God into your Monday morning when it comes. Amen. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.